0: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
1: Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by hotmovies.com. Do you want a website where you can see it all? One place to stream your favorite movies? One place with hundreds of scenes with your favorite stars? Then you want to visit hotmovies.com. Hotmovies.com is your one-stop shop for all your adult movie needs. They even have a bunch of my movies, like graphic content, my most recent feature that I wrote and directed for Wicked Pictures. The best part is, by using my code HOLLY, you'll get 40 free minutes. No credit card required. So make sure that you visit hotmovies.com and use my code HOLLY for your free 40 minutes. Already a member of Hot movies? You can still use my code to get an additional 20 minutes free. That's hotmovies.com, code Holly, H-O-L-L-Y. You won't regret it. You guys, I am so excited to share with you my new sponsor, OMGS. They have created something truly revolutionary. It's a website, but it's compiled from researching thousands of women trying to get to the bottom of what some of you would consider the mysteries of female pleasure. The website allows you access to tons of different techniques brought to life in beautiful videos of regular women sharing from experience. No blushing, no shame. Get $5 off the newly released Season 2 at omgyes.com slash holly. That's com slash holly. Holly Randall Unfiltered is also brought to you by Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com is like the biggest online superstore for all of your sex needs. They've got toys, they've got lingerie, they've got movies. It's pretty much a one-stop shop for everything sexy. Now, you'll get 10 free gifts when you order one item. Something for her, something for him, something you'll both enjoy And six free movies, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com for your 10 free gifts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have the always adorable Jane Wilde here. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm amazing. How are you today, Holly? I'm great. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. I mean, when you um, brought it up and said, Oh, we got to get you on the podcast. I was like, I love doing podcasts. And I just think you're personally so cool. So I just knew it was going to be like,
1: a good time. I love that because sometimes like I get a lot of people requesting different girls for podcasts mm-hmm. and some of them like either don't want to do it or mm-hmm. just don't like get back to me and like completely ignore me. And I'm just like,
0: okay. I mean, some people aren't really meant for podcasts. Some people also. don't like to do <laughs>
1: interviews and they I don't understand talk, it. which I get too. But it's always like, I, I find this, strange, but in this strange area where I'm like, did she get my message yeah. or is she just ignoring me? I mean, it's like, rude. what, what do I do? Do I continue? Cause I don't want to be that like annoying person. Yeah.
0: No, it's blatantly rude on their part, but like they don't owe you a response, but right. they don't deserve to be on your podcast. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. You, yeah. you don't deserve it. Like, fuck that. Oh, well, can I curse? Yes. Okay, Just making sure. Oh my sure. God. Yes.
1: <laughs> Girl curse all you want. Okay, cool. Um, so the one thing that we should probably put that away is because the logo, the
0: logo, yeah, everyone knows
1: what it is. I know, even though like we have Sony on the side here, yeah, this, it's this redundant, but okay, Whatever. yeah. Um, old habits die hard. We're so used to hiding logos, yeah, and porn tape scenes. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the fir- I remember the first time I saw you. Um, I was casting for Playboy, oh, and yeah. Bailey sent me your pictures, yeah. and I thought you were super cute, but at the time. They like didn't want girls with any tattoos. I get it. They were super strict. You have like one little heart tattoo. Yeah, I have my heart.
0: It's kind of like what I'm known for, I guess, by some people, but I don't like it. No? Unfortunately, yeah. I like. I wish I did. I really would love it because then I wouldn't have to go through this whole tattoo removal process. Is that what you're gonna do? I'm in the process right now.
1: That it's, shouldn't be hard to take out, though. It's like that's, it's just black. It's a thin line. Like I see some girls with gnarly tattoos ones, that right get taken out.
0: It's it's definitely taking longer than I thought it would. I'm gonna probably explore different options than what I'm currently doing because it's just taking too long. And, yeah. I just want to, like, you know, not have it anymore. I'm I'm at this weird in-between phase. But, I like, I definitely wish if I did have a tattoo that it was something I actually liked and put thought into. Mm -hmm. But, unfortunately, this was just a spur-of-the-moment decision when I was 17 from peer pressure. And I don't know, like, I genuinely, I feel like I'm somewhat intelligent. And I look back and I'm just like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like <laughs> that placement, that artist, like he, I wasn't an 18 and he, we signed the consent form saying that we were, mm-hmm. and he didn't ask for ID or anything. Yeah. So I was like, that's shady in itself. Yeah. Like it was a mistake. It's
1: funny. Cause I wanted to be kind of rebellious to when I was younger, but I didn't want to get, first of all, my parents told me if I got a tattoo, they would disown me. <laughs> Um and I didn't want to like pierce my nose or anything because I was afraid of getting scars. So I pierced my tongue because I was oh like, "Oh my god, nobody can see." That's like really. a step up
0: from your nose. Yeah,
1: so I did have a pierced tongue for many years, but That's then it, crazy. it fell out one day, and then I was like, eh,
0: it's "Oh probably, my god, it's, it's probably
1: yeah." What it's was that, for the best?
0: What was that pain like?
1: <clears throat> I was really high.
0: Okay, like good. really,
1: really, really high at the time. Yeah. So, um. I don't think it was, it actually wasn't as bad as you would think it would be. It was, it was, I just it was can't real imagine
0: because it's like so, like when you bite your tongue, it's yeah. agony.
1: Yeah. I had yeah.
0: my nipples pierced um, for a couple of years when I first got in the industry. Mm-hmm. I had, got them when I was 15. That's so bad. Oh my God. But there's God. this place, I'm from New York, like mm-hmm. New York City, and there's this place in New York called St. Mark's. Mm-hmm. It's like a a block, a street um, near like NYU. hmm and it's downtown, and it's just, like, a lot of, like, piercing tattoo shops, like, dollar pizza, a lot of, like, trendy stores. And there was this one place that would just give us all the piercings and never ask for ID or anything.
1: And you are pretty young-looking anyway, so yeah. at 15, you must have definitely looked at least your age, if not younger. I
0: definitely – I mean – At this point in time, I don't even know what it means to, like, look 15 because there's 15-year-olds that look 15. That's so So I think I looked young as fuck. It's so true. These days,
1: like, 15-year-old girls look like they're 25 to me. Like, I cannot tell.
0: Like, I see um, girls in the industry will post pictures sometimes they'll be like oh throwback to like 10 years ago when i was like 16 and i don't think that's right i don't agree with like posting underage pictures on Mm -hmm. a porn twitter Mm -hmm. but it's just so funny sometimes like they really don't look different yeah like i don't know if you just didn't age or if you aged prematurely like but you just don't (laughs) look different you look the same
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: It's a blessing, I think.
1: So it's just funny because, you know, when I first saw you, it was like shooting, you know, maybe shooting you for Playboy. And when I would shoot for Playboy, a lot of the girls um, were girls who were kind of a little bit nervous about being nude. So there was usually like... I had to be really specific with my questions about what they were comfortable showing and how Mm -hmm. naked they were comfortable being. I mean, I had one girl show up who didn't actually think she was getting naked at all.
0: What do you think Playboy... I don't get it. What do you think Playboy is? That's what I kind of said. it's confusing. And we
1: flew her in from San Francisco and everything. There was no,
0: like, discussion? She wasn't like, what does this entail? Well,
1: she... So that was back when they had a casting department that Sam Remo was running, Mm -hmm. and he booked her. So I guess I assumed that he talked to her about it and you I guess just... I guess he assumed that she knew that Playboy was nude, but for some reason no, this is during the period too. It was at remember how Playboy went non nude? Yeah. And then they went back to weird. nude like a year later. The news about them going non nude what like spread like wildfire because like what's the point of playboy being non-nude It's
0: playboy but like.
1: them going back to nude was not such a big news story so a lot of people actually didn't know that they went back to oh, nude I see. but here's the thing too i was shooting for playboy plus the website not the magazine mm-hmm. playboy plus never stopped being nude like nothing yeah. ever changed there
0: and i feel like a lot of girls they get confused and they yeah. think like oh they're doing a sh- one shoot for playboy plus and they think like oh i'm gonna be like a playmate like yeah I'm gonna there's a lot in of the conf- magazine
1: yeah there's a lot of confusion, which is understandable. You know, people don't know, like, the inner yeah. workings of Playboy. But no. um so I just remember, like, seeing you and you were super cute and thinking of you in a way where, you know, I was going to have to, like, kind of tiptoe around, like, whether or not you were okay showing your vagina. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and now you're, like, you know, and yeah. you're, like, the queen of anal porn now. So it's like, you've come so far, my Thank dear. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I mean... I definitely, like, never thought that I would be where I am right now, but I couldn't imagine life to be different at this point.
1: And you're so like tiny, yeah. And okay, so there are some <laughs> recent photos that were posted on Twist, Twister, uh, Twister. <laughs> woo, on Twitter, yeah. um, of an IR scene that you did with who is the, who? What's the dick? And it's like so big. Dread and, is it dread? Okay, yeah. oh and that one
0: where my asshole is just like huge. Not
1: even that one. Before I saw that one, I saw the one of you holding his dick like it was a sandwich. Oh and yeah, and like biting. Like, yeah, and it just looks like it's <laughs> like a like a yeah. massive subway that you'll never be able to eat. Yeah, and I remember seeing that picture, going, "How the fuck is that going to go inside of her?"
0: It was crazy. I mean, when Jules first approached me about doing that shoot, I had just started doing anal a couple months before, but I was like, I was really into it. Mm. I was like, I was realizing, you know, that I could do it and not just do it like normal, but really take it and gape. Mm -hmm. Gaping is like, I didn't know that gaping was such a popular niche. Like I didn't realize I just Mm. didn't, but he asked me to do it. And I said, you know, can we do anal? And he said, whatever you're comfortable with. And (laughs) I I said, okay, then I'm going to try it. And his dick is huge. It's the biggest dick I've ever seen in my life, except for maybe one other person, but I don't mm-hmm. even want to talk about him. Okay. Because he sucks. But Dredd is an amazing performer, and what was I saying? His dick It was, was really the biggest, plain. but, like, next to my tiny hands and mm-hmm. face, it just looked, like, astronomical.
1: So are you one of those people that, do you find sometimes anals easier than vaginal? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know quite a few girls like that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, because your
1: vagina is really tight, right? It's
0: it's so tight. And I actually just tweeted about this the other day that it's actually kind of frustrating and it really bums me out sometimes, like how tight it is. And I know people, a lot of people commented on that and said, like, either, oh, I want to fuck that tight pussy, Mm -hmm. or they said, like, you should be happy you have a tight pussy. And I'm just like, maybe if I was, like, a regular civilian girl that just wanted, like, quick validation from people telling me, like, oh, my God, your Mm -hmm. pussy's so tight. But, like, when it's actually a career and a job and I have to get fucked hard in the pussy probably, like, four times a week at least, it definitely takes a toll on my body and my... Yeah, it kind of hurts. Like, what I'm realizing is that, like... When people don't use enough lube, it creates, like, this friction, and it's, like, tearing away at the skin... Oh, bet- like, but like it's fine like I always recover I just need to like have that recovery time it always bounces back but it's just like you know
1: do you I, book your certainly. boy girl seats then with like time in between them yes
0: um, Spiegler when I first went with Spiegler he asked like you know how many boy girls can you do in a row how many anals can you do and I told him like you know I can do like two sometimes three boy girls in a row depending on the guy on the guy yeah. whose dick size what type of scene it is yeah. but I would much prefer to have, like, you know, a boy girl than a girl girl than a boy girl Mm than an anal. And just, like, I like the fact that the scenes I do are versatile because it's not just, like, constant strain Mm -hmm. on my pussy. Yeah.
1: That's it. So, I mean, do you – so what do you do then? Do you just, like, have to warm it up before a scene? Do you ever use toys or you just have, like, the guy start um, off real slow?
0: I just really, like, they just use a lot of lube and start slow. It, it stretches out. Like, mm-hmm. eventually it – and when I get aroused, like, it opens more. That's mm-hmm. just, like, female anatomy. But – um Oh my God, I lost my train of thought. This happens all the time.
1: Um, (laughs) About getting your pussy to open up.
0: Yeah, about getting it to open up. It just opens, but yeah, they definitely have to take it slow at first. And sometimes, like, I find it funny when people say, like, it's the myth that the more a girl gets fucked, like her pussy is loose. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so funny because it's actually the exact opposite. The more you have sex in the pussy, it gets swollen and it shuts Mm. and it's like clamped shut. So that kind of happens to me sometimes. It's hard to do a boy girl. If it was like a really tough scene the day before and then to do another one, it just takes longer. Yeah.
1: I can imagine. You know, it was interesting. There was this one girl that I worked with who, who, she brings a vibrator and she uses it on her clit before Mm -hmm. the boy girl scene. Like even just for a couple of minutes to like get her aroused. And she said it helps her open up so much. And I was like, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. But I'd never seen anybody else do that. I used
0: to do that for anal. Mm -hmm. Like when I first started, it was, um, it was a way to associate like the quote unquote pain of anal Mm -hmm. with like sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. I never really had like serious pain, more just like, uncomfortable stretching yeah, yeah but um using the vibrator definitely helps but i don't even use that anymore because i've kind of like learned about my assholes like elastic what elasticity. is the word? elasticity yeah mm-hmm. i've learned about it and i know how it works now and um after doing that scene with dread i kind of i just like no you know i just have an instinct now for like how it's going to be that day. And it's just like a comfort, a a thought in my head, knowing like no matter how scared I am of this dick, like I will take it and it won't hurt. Because if I can do anal with dread without pain, then I can do anal with anyone
1: so it's kind of like a confidence booster it was and that
0: was back in september so i've definitely within the last like eight or nine months i've gotten so much better at anal and i do dp now and it's amazing i just love this journey of like discovering things about my body it's so crazy because i never would have known that i can do this type of like sexual acrobatic things
1: yeah, it's Before definitely porn. sexual acrobatics for yeah. sure. I mean, I'm always so impressed by you guys when I'm filming these scenes. I'm, I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. I'm such a pussy when it comes to no. sex. I'm just always like, my knees, my thighs, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, I'd be the whiniest yeah. porn star.
0: Well, sometimes I'm like, like, if I'm just not in the mood, and it kind of sucks sometimes when like, you're not in the mood and you still have to go to work. Oh my God. I was just thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking... <laughs> Thinking like, you know, when a guy is like soft and then he, you know, like we're on set, we're about to start, you have to get hard. They have to go to that place in their mind mm-hmm. and really just like start to get off no matter what's happening. If people are talking and laughing in the background or yeah. they're staring and I just thought about it and it's like, what if the girls, everyone was like staring at you and you had to wait while your pussy got like wet, wet yeah. from like arousal, like yeah. it wouldn't. It wouldn't happen. Right. We, we wouldn't have porn.
1: Right, I know. So I'm
0: just like um, it's really commendable to the guys that actually are able to do that and not just do it, but do it well. I really admire them.
1: I, You know, I say all the time that like we don't give the guys enough credit because they not are all. such an integral part of the scene and a lot of times they're the ones who carry it and like good male talent is so hard it's to so find. It's so hard to
0: come by. Yeah.
1: I find that my biggest struggle when I'm shooting stuff for like Naughty America is... Is finding good guys, you know, especially if yeah. I don't have a lot of time to book my scene, because all the good talents always They're booked, booked
0: up, booked out, and I'm
1: always like, "fuck." And so I'm like, I gotta try like new guys out, which yeah. I hate doing.
0: I hate like I don't like working with new guys. I don't mind working with new girls as long as they, you know, I don't feel like I don't want to sound fucked up when I say this, but like at my first scene with a girl. I had never really, like, fucked a girl before or Mm -hmm. done anything, and it kind of just came naturally. Like, whether or not you're attracted to girls, I think there's not really an excuse to show up on set and have, like, zero idea what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, for guys and girls, but, like, for girl-girl scenes, I feel. But, yeah, I don't like working with new guys because it's, like— you know, they can either do it or they can't. And Mm -hmm. there's a 50% chance that they can't.
1: I feel like there's like a 90% (laughs) chance that they can't. And there's
0: at least a 50% chance. Like it's at least half and half. They're either going to fail or they're not. Yeah. And I just feel like why should we have to like sacrifice our whole day and our time and our money for some guy that like probably just wanted to get his dick wet and couldn't even do it. Yeah. Like – yeah. That's just how it is. It sounds harsh, but sometimes you have to be harsh because a lot of these guys are out here like trying to make it as a male talent and I'm just like... Just do sometimes
1: it. you know you just gotta throw in the towel do man. your
0: own thing like yeah. if it, kudos to you if you can stay hard in your own bedroom fucking your girlfriend on an iPhone <laughs> do that yeah. you can make money substantial money from doing right. that but don't waste like a professional production company's time mm-hmm. just because you wanted to fuck like your favorite porn star like yeah. I just hate oh, so many guys ask me in my DMs and stuff like how can I become an adult film star and I'm like if you really care and wanted to do it, you would just Google it, like I did, and yeah. everyone else did, and find a way, because it's not that difficult.
1: Yeah, just find an agency and they'll throw and, you into, like, a blowbang or yeah. something like that, you'll and start see get, how you if, do.
0: If you have the look, you'll start getting booked. Yeah. That rhymed.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. make that into a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you get into the industry, then?
0: Okay, so, um, the porn industry, I basically, um, I guess I'll just start from the beginning because okay. I may as well. I've never really talked about this publicly before, um, so I'm a little nervous, but I feel like I want to you know, tell people because it's my truth. It's part of my story and why I am who I am. Um, But when I was 18, so probably like two weeks after I turned 18, I was working at American Apparel, Mm -hmm. and I hated that job, and I didn't want that job, but I also wasn't going to college. I already knew at that point because um, the way I... (laughs) I'm just not a college girl. Like I'm just not. It's not for me. Sometimes you just know.
1: And you know what? There's a lot of people who are going to college, getting themselves into serious student loan debt, and then then coming out of college and not getting the jobs they wanted, having nothing, or finding that they didn't need to go to college to even pursue the career they end up pursuing. So the idea of going to college is becoming like less and less of an, of a thing now, you know, so I I don't think you should feel ashamed of that. I'm
0: not, I'm definitely not ashamed, especially considering my current circumstances, it's worked out well, but, um, so I didn't want to work there anymore. So I started looking on Craigslist for different types of jobs, um, that I might want to do. And I found one job that it was, like, Mm webcamming. Like, sign up to be a webcam model. You can make, like, $1,000 a week or something like that. And I Mm -hmm. said, that sounds pretty fucking good. So I messaged the guy who posted the ad, and he said, oh, I'll pick you up, and we can talk about it. So he picked me up, and... You know, he had a really nice car. He had like a Gucci wallet and all these nice things about him. So I thought, you know, this guy, like he He's has making money. money, yeah. So clearly this stuff works. And he took me to a hotel and uh, he had a computer and he was showing me my free cams, mm-hmm. which is the website that I started camming on. And he, I had a shift later that day at like five o'clock mm-hmm. and he was telling me like, you can make so much money doing this. Like you can become huge. Like web camming is the new porn. Like nobody's doing porn anymore. Like everybody watches cam girls mm-hmm. and I knew nothing about it. I had never heard of camming. I never heard of my free cams cause I, you know, I was underage a couple mm-hmm. weeks before, mm-hmm. but I thought it sounded amazing. And I said, you know, I'm personable, I can definitely do this, so I need to make a decision right now whether I'm going to leave this guy and go to work and just forget this whole thing, or I'm going to call out or quit my job and start camming and just see where it takes me. Because at that point, I had... Like,
1: start right then?
0: Not at that exact moment, but, like, that would be the beginning of, like, my journey. Okay. Um, And I... I had nothing going for me at the time. Like, I knew I wasn't going to school. I felt lost. Um, My mental health was not the best. Um, So I said, you know, fuck it. I called my work, and I said I'm not coming in. I quit. I didn't even give two weeks, which was a dick move, but whatever. Um, And then I started camming. So this guy, he basically, what he just, like, showed me to be camming was that I would do he apparently owned like a studio like a cam studio and a lot of other girls like cammed under him right um and he would provide like the resources like a place to work and you know stuff that you needed and blah 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 and mentorship and all this stuff and he apparently worked in the adult industry for a long time and you know all this stuff and I was naive mm-hmm. clearly um and i think like i was almost in denial of like what the situation really was and i just wanted it so bad to be mm-hmm. like you know my way of not having to work at this shitty job and my way of being successful at something and, and
1: independent yeah and, and independent and, 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 and yeah. being
0: happy cuz i already like felt pressure to move out like you know my parents they said like you don't have to move out yet you're fine but you know, you, you feel like a burden yeah. like at 18 is usually when people go to school and then they're yeah. not living at home. So I definitely felt like uncomfortable at home, but so I started camming and slowly over the next couple of months with that guy's mentor, mentorship, I say it very loosely, mm. I started to realize that the situation was not what I thought it was at all um this studio that he had was not really like i don't think it was anything to this day i don't really know like what it was but to make a long story short he wasn't really like who he said he was i Mm -hmm. don't think he lied about a lot of things like his name and i told like he knew everything about me he knew because he he didn't have my bank info But my payments, like my earnings from my free cams would go to his studio account and then he would take the money out and give it to me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like I didn't have direct connection to my money. Mm -hmm. And over time, like he stopped mentioning like the studio and all these other things. Like he was just talking about his own projects and not really talking about my camming anymore. But we still talked and, you know.
1: And he was taking a percentage of your money.
0: He says no, but I do not know. I feel like the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, over time the relationship became less and less professional, like mm-hmm. a mentorship and very personal and mm-hmm. more like a romantic relationship that I never really consented to or wanted to be in. But mm-hmm. he had kind of like made me feel like, you know, I couldn't succeed in this industry without his help. And at mm. this point I was way too deep in and I couldn't just leave adult and just go back to my regular life. Cause I didn't have a regular life. Right. It's like, this was the the very beginning of my adult life. Right. So I felt like very desperate and he didn't threaten me, but he just very heavily implied that I didn't really have any other options. Wow. Um, and then in September that summer he started getting really distant and just not talking to me anymore. And he would pay me less and less frequently. Like I had to reach out a lot of times just to get paid. And I was getting so tired of it. My anxiety was just like at an all time high. And I was like, you know, I don't deserve to feel this way. And then in September of 2017, I lost my grandma to a suicide
1: Oh god! Yeah,
0: it, it was a lot in that moment to deal with like that guy, yeah, being on my mind, and then this, um, and then at the end of that month, um, he hadn't been paying me, so I contacted my free cams and said, "Look, I need my own account because this guy's not giving me my money, and mm-hmm. every time I cam, I'm I can't get the money, so." they said, okay, we, we made you your own independent account. And then at the end of that month, he called me and was saying, you know, like you shouldn't have messed with my money. Like they closed the account. And I said, look, I didn't ask them to close your account. I just asked for mine because you said a lot of things that ended up not being true. And you know, he made some, he wasn't paying you. No, he wasn't giving me the money at that point. Like he wasn't I wasn't seeing him. So I was camming less and less and I felt like a degenerate. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm almost 19. I don't want to live in my parents' house anymore doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, you know, he gave some implied threats, but he didn't, actually threaten, outright threatened me. But he said, like, oh, this constitutes as beef. Like, we have problems now. Like, send me the the emails that you had with them back and forth. And I just hung up and I wow. blocked his number. And I never spoke to him again. I never heard from him again. But for a while, I had really bad anxiety that he would just show up at my house. And it took me a long time. You to probably like, felt
1: really, like, manipulated and betrayed, too. I
0: can't even describe how manipulated I felt and then not until like March of 2018 did I start identifying what happened as like trafficking because Mm -hmm. I realized like that is what it is I was a naive 18 year old girl barely 18 I had no idea how the sex industry worked or webcamming I didn't even know what that was and I was coerced into doing something that I didn't really know anything about based on false pretenses Mm -hmm. And when it involves sex work, that's trafficking. Right. So it's taken me a really long time to, like, you know, come to terms with that and be okay with how that is the beginning of my journey. But it's Mm -hmm. not what defines me. Um, And how far I've gotten in the porn industry is only on my own. Right. Nobody has helped me. Besides, like, my agents, obviously, but nobody, no outside figure has, like, helped me or promoted me to get where I am in porn. And that is something that, like, really, that I love and Mm -hmm. that makes me feel so good about myself because it is, like, a really low blow to find out that you wasted so much time doing something with someone that didn't have your best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. It it sucks. I'm not going to lie, but it's definitely made me like a stronger, smarter person. Yeah. Yeah. That's my
1: story. That's wow. I'm really sorry about that. It's,
0: um, thank you. I appreciate that. But it's not like I don't look at it anymore as a bad thing because I wouldn't have started doing porn. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's taken me a while to like grapple with that. Like, how can I be okay with these terrible things that have happened? Um, if it, indirectly or directly led to my happiness now, but you just have to like, you know, be okay with what your story is and what your journey is and just keep going.
1: So it's really interesting because, you know, there's a lot of controversy right now about um, like, you know, people labeling porn as sex trafficking. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, the difference between sex trafficking and, you know, legitimate sex work. Mm -hmm. And it sounds to me well, you have experienced kind of like both, both. sides. So, yeah. what would you say like how would you define the difference between the two if you were talking to like some politician or yeah. somebody who was like oh all girls in porn are sex trafficked?
0: Um I honestly like to be so real with you, I have no idea. All I know is how I feel about both experiences and mm-hmm. what I went through, what I currently Experience versus what I did go through in that experience, and they're just nothing alike. Yeah. And I think anyone with a common sense can kind of figure out what trafficking is versus not sex trafficking. I mean, the people who claim that they're one and the same, I think they just want that to be true because mm-hmm. it fits their agenda. Right. And they don't want to listen to people who've had positive experiences because it doesn't it's foreign to them and it doesn't fit in with their beliefs. Yeah,
1: what they and what they want to imagine porn is like. Yeah. Well, I would say like just from hearing your story, like the most glaring differences are in the current career you have, you have complete control over your money. Yeah. You're paid directly yes. from the I mean, I know when I pay you I give you a check made yeah. out to you. Yeah.
0: I get a check, none of my checks go to my agent, right. although my I don't know about other agents, but my agent would never pull any weird, funny shit like that. He's like one of the most honest people in the industry, but, um, they, you know, companies do give me the option of having the check sent to him, but I always just have it sent to me because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a grown woman. I can control my own money. Mm -hmm. And that was a red flag that I did not identify. And I still, Sometimes. I don't think about it too much because you can't live in regret, but Mm -hmm. I do sometimes regret not thinking about that earlier and finding issues with it because I was just like, I'm getting paid. I have money to buy weed and I wasn't paying rent. I still lived at Mm -hmm. home. So I was like, you know, who fucking cares? Like if he gives me the cash, like I don't care. Yeah. I wish I did care though.
1: No, I know. I mean, and look, we've all been through experiences like that. Like I've had, you know, I had some people who, ran my website for a while and um, the money from my members did not go to me. They went into their bank account and then they they would pay me out of their bank account, which isn't like highly unusual. Like companies like Fan Centro do that as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have a very, very um, transparent like um, way of showing you the money that you've made, the percentage that they take. You, you get, Report every single week. I mean, you're on Fan Central, right? I'm not. You're not currently. No. Don't you have a
0: Snapchat? No, I I don't like Snapchat. Ah, It's not my favorite. (laughs) Wow, you're like one of the few girls
1: I know. Yeah, I fuck
0: with OnlyFans.
1: Okay, so same with OnlyFans because the money goes into their account and then they pay you out. So, but there's a very like transparent way of showing you the records and all that kind of stuff, and you have access to all that information. The people that I worked with didn't have that. They like at the very beginning they didn't have reporting really. At all i just had to like believe what they told me and then they had some like bullshit reporting which was clearly like not something that was automatically calculated they were just kind of throwing numbers in there and there was no it's way so for me shady. to verify it so yeah and and i couldn't really know if they were i i still to this day have no idea if they were giving me all my money or not
0: it's so crazy because like the way that and that's How I figured out that this guy was like a textbook predator, like Mm -hmm. textbook, because Mm -hmm. so many, I read so many articles. I was on Google for hours and hours after that, just researching like manipulation tactics and sociopaths and things that um, grown men do to younger girls to manipulate them into doing things. And one of the things was, you know making me feel like safe and comfortable and there was total transparency on my end because of that and zero transparency on his. Yeah. So that left me in a very vulnerable position because you know, when somebody knows everything about you, they yeah. can ruin your life in a second.
1: Yeah. And also making you feel like you didn't have any other options. Yeah. That's is and, another textbook.
0: And that's yeah. Um, to keep me in it definitely with sex trafficking specifically, um, they they use the stigma against sex work to try and like trap you in this bubble mm. and make you think like, well, you already got naked online, so you'll never get a real job. Like nobody will want to hire you. This will haunt you for life. So you mm-hmm. just need to keep going and make right. a career out of it. Right. And I felt that way. Now I obviously know that that's not true you're not bordered into anything you can do anything you want in your mm-hmm. life and sex workers can be be doctors and lawyers yes it will be more difficult there will be more trials and tribulations but you can do anything mm-hmm. and at the time i felt like i can't do anything
1: especially when you don't really have um the knowledge at your disposal I had and no you have knowledge. only one person feeding you information yeah. about an entire industry
0: and i could have um I know, like, I could have looked it up, I guess, but I kind of, like, I was living in denial. It's almost like, like I you didn't, don't want to know. I didn't want yeah. to know, and that's... Because once
1: you have the information, then you have to do something about yeah, it. You need like to face what you're dealing with.
0: I look back now, and it's like, I didn't tell any of my friends what was going on. I didn't tell my parents. I mean, they knew that he was in my life, but they didn't know how I was feeling and the mm-hmm. negativity that was starting to come out about it. And I realized that I was hiding it because I, deep down in my subconscious, I knew that he was bad news and nothing good was going to come. And I thought I was fucked. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me just not say anything and maybe it'll get better. And it didn't get better. But, um, after that situation that really, and then the loss of my grandma, I, I had to really like step back and just be like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I want to make of myself? Mm -hmm. I need to decide because I can't keep living this way. And that's when I decided, you know, I want to do content. I want to be on camera doing stuff, but I don't want to shoot it myself because then it's going to be really low quality and Mm -hmm. I don't want to put out low quality content. So I came to the conclusion that, you know, mainstream porn was what I wanted to do next. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started that journey. And I don't regret anything. Like I can't yeah, because I'm so happy with where I ended up that it's just part of my story.
1: Yeah. Who did you shoot with first when you first did mainstream porn? So my first shoot was in
0: Florida. I remember it was January 2nd, 2018. Wow. Yeah. I remember the day because I just like, it's so clear to me. It's so vivid, but um, it was a shoot for Reality Kings um, in Florida, and it was with Seth Gamble. Oh,
1: he's, he's a great amazing. person to do your first scene with. I
0: I keep thinking back, and I'm just like, maybe I if shot was, a
1: you with him for my Wicked
0: movie. I remember that. Oh, yeah, I've, he's like my porn husband. Like I've worked <laughs> with him more than anyone else. Really? Yeah, like eight times wow. now. But I rem- I think back, and I'm like, maybe if it was like an ugly guy or a guy with like. You know, no game or can't perform, then I would have had a different opinion of porn walking mm-hmm. away. But it, everything was just perfect. Like, Seth was hot. Everyone was pretty nice. It was an easy, simple scene. And I just, besides like staring into the camera, mm-hmm. I just felt really in my <laughs> element. Yeah. And I wasn't nervous. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe I wasn't nervous. And yeah. from there, it just felt like, yeah, I want to keep going. Like, I want to work with more guys, more crews, more people companies like it was just so fun to me from the first scene
1: yeah that's the atmosphere of your like first initial scenes is so incredibly important because you can you know I mean obviously your first porn scene is going to be something that you're probably never going to forget and so that experience the experience that you have is so important and it just makes me so sad when I think of like so many girls who just happened to work with the wrong producer yeah. or or had some horrible experience and then just walked away and was like this yeah. is and and that scene decided their opinion of porn forever yeah. when if it had been somebody else or yeah. some other scene, they might have had a completely different trajectory
0: and that's how I realized like I really am so lucky because um before I was with Spiegler, I was with uh East Coast talent. Mm-hmm. And my agent was John O'Byrne, and mm-hmm. he he was a great agent. Um, he got me a lot of work right off the bat for good companies, not, mm-hmm. not shitty little companies. Mm-hmm. Even in Florida, good companies. And I just never really, like, I'm not going to lie and say that I've never had a bad scene or a yeah. bad experience on set. But I never had an experience that made me be like this is not the job for me. Mm. I never felt like that experience was the norm. Mm-hmm. So I was never scared. I was always like, I knew that something wasn't right.
1: Right, right.
0: So I'm grateful for that, that I had like that standard to go by. And I still use that standard for forever. Yeah. I mean, I see how I'm treated on sets now as a Spiegler girl and, and that I've built my reputation up a little. And I just know that there's a certain etiquette for people on a set and mm-hmm. when the people don't follow it I'm like oh okay mm-hmm. I'll keep that in mind yeah, yeah
1: yeah you know it's it's not the norm and yeah. you're not being treated the right way yeah. and it's it's yeah totally Okay we're going to take a quick break and um, then we'll be right back Cool Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by OMGs.com OMGs.com is a website about women's sexual pleasure when it comes to actual ways women touch themselves or ways partners touch women, there are a lot of myths out there. OMGS decided to do the first ever large-scale scientific research of over 20,000 women, ages 18 to 95, about what women find pleasurable. What they found was, of course, women vary in what they like, but there are also lots of shared techniques. Kind of like ingredients people combine in different ways for more pleasure and better orgasms. The site has short videos of all kinds of women sharing and showing these techniques. They have specific illustrations that actually animate so you can get a clear sense of what each technique entails. Researchers from IU School of Medicine found that 95% of women experienced pleasure in a way that felt new physically after a month of using OMGS. It's not a subscription site. You pay only once for permanent access to a set of videos and animations. And your payment goes on to fund ongoing research into sexual pleasure. Now, I know a large majority of my listeners are men. So guys, this website is for you too. Learn all kinds of cool ways to pleasure your female partner. Whether you're just getting to know somebody new or if you and your partner have been together for decades, there's something here for everyone to learn. Check out the newly released season two at omgyes.com slash holly and get $5 off. That's o-m-g-y-e-s dot slash h-o-l-l-y. So really quickly, I just need to explain why I so desperately need you to support my podcast. Currently, I'm bringing in enough to cover the expenses of producing my show, but there's not much left over after all the bills have been paid. One big thing on my wish list for this year is I really want to take my show to the AVN convention, but that is going to cost me a fortune and I cannot do it without your help. Imagine all the amazing interviews I can get there in the middle of the biggest porn expo in the world. There's so much more I want to do with this show, but I don't want to bore you with all the details and I know you want to get back to the interview. So I will say this, please seriously consider supporting the show that you love so much. You can join my Patreon for as little as $5 and get access to the interview streaming live as well as bonus content you can't get anywhere else. There's so much more I want to do, but I don't want to bore you with all the details. And I know a lot of you want to get back to the interview. So I will say this, please seriously consider supporting the show that you love so much. You can join my Patreon for as little as $5 and get access to the interview streaming live, as well as lots of other bonus content you cannot get anywhere else. There's also a lot more that I offer, if you can afford to shell out a few more bucks. So go check out everything that I have to offer at patreon.com slash Polly Unfiltered. Now, if you really can't or don't want to, for whatever reason, support my Patreon, please consider purchasing something from one of my sponsors just make sure you use my code. They will only come back to sponsor more episodes if they see their investment paying off. Thank you guys so much. And if you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to email me at hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. And now back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back. So... Jane, I want to ask you about one thing that I I saw on Twitter that you had started, which I thought was such a great thing. You know, we've been we've been plagued by a lot of issues of like mental health and depression, and yeah. even like suicide with um, performers in our industry. Yeah and i feel like a lot of people have really woken up about that recently mm-hmm. and mental health is something that doesn't have as much stigma surrounding it as it used to like people are really starting to open up and talk about yeah. their struggles with it because i feel like everybody has struggles with mental health now it's yeah. not like just the crazies
0: no and it would be it would be stupid for mental health to be taboo at this point mm-hmm. because i feel like especially in this industry a lot of people where we suffer in silence because mm-hmm. i think this industry attract i don't want to say it attracts like mentally unstable people mm-hmm. but it's definitely a good industry for people who would not work well in like a regular work environment yeah. like me for example that's true i just knew that school and then like a 9 to 5 job was never going to work out for me. Like, I'm too restless. I'm too anxious. Mm-hmm. I don't have the attention span. Right. And, you know, I, I do suffer um, from a couple disorders mentally, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it doesn't affect porn for me. If anything, porn makes it easier to manage those things mm-hmm. because it gives me time to myself, not constantly focusing on work. And, you know, when you do something that you genuinely enjoy, it just brings happiness to your life that's beyond like you know having hobbies it's Mm -hmm. like when you really enjoy your job the thing that makes you money it's like a different kind of yeah happiness and it
1: gives you like freedom and independence and i'm really glad that you say that because you know so many people equate any kind of mental health problem with the fact that you're in the porn industry, like oh you have anxiety, it must be because you're important. Oh you're depressed, it must be because you're important. You know, like all of these things, yeah. ignoring the fact that accountants have anxiety and depression, yeah. and you know it, it's pervasive in every single industry. So you started a um, private kind of message yeah. text group with other girls in the industry is that right yeah
0: so i had been in the month of april i was going through a really bad um period of depression Mm -hmm. i I don't want to say really bad but it was worse than i had in a while Mm -hmm. i just felt really like unmotivated and hopeless and down when i wasn't working i was just like in bed um and at the time like none of my friends were really like available like i know that sounds fucked up on their part but like we all go through things internally and like i don't expect everyone to like be there all the time but mm-hmm. i felt like a little lost because i just felt like i couldn't really turn to anyone and trust anyone and open up
1: I mean, about exactly my so. issues yeah
0: um so i i in the moment, I just said, like, what if we had, like, a group DM with a bunch of girls from the industry who all suffer from, like, either different or the same issues mental health-wise, and we can all just, like, talk to each other about it and vent and give each other advice and then hype each other up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect it to pop off so much mm-hmm. um, to the point where the group got filled, and then we did another one, Um and yeah, I mean, I'm happy that it could help anybody. Like, I'm humbled that, you know, people like thought that I was like some great person for doing that. But re- it was really for like selfish purposes, to be honest. Like, I wanted a place where I could feel comfortable opening up. But that led me to think that maybe other people would also benefit from that. And that's why I, you know, made the tweet
1: and i think also helping other people um helps you with your own issues as well because yeah. then you feel a sense of purpose yeah. and you feel useful like i'm in yeah. you know i'm a recovering alcoholic and i am in the 12 step program and the last step is about helping other alcoholics mm-hmm. and like a big part of staying sober is, is having
0: your purpose is having
1: a purpose and helping other people to achieve sobriety because yeah. not only does it make you feel better um, about you know help about yourself helping other people yeah. but it also keeps you in the program yeah. and it keeps you like involved, involved and it keeps you from distancing yourself from other people because I think one of the biggest issues that we have these days and I've said this so many times but what you know with social media. And, um, the internet and everything is how like distant we've grown from each other as people. We've become so isolated. And so, you know, anxiety is like skyrocketing, like issues of depression and mental health has gotten so much worse. Yeah,
0: definitely. Social media has made depression and anxiety worse. Like for me, I would say, um, if I see someone tweet something And, like, let's say they're my friend and I think that, like, maybe the tweet could be about me. Like, Mm -hmm. that's going to bother me all day when Mm -hmm. really, like, I should just call the person or text them and be like, hey, like, what's up? And talk to them. Mm -hmm. But instead... A tweet—it's all this passive-aggressive. Yeah, exactly, that do. it's yeah. passive-aggressiveness and people just not being like real in their true selves and hiding behind a. And
1: then also persona. too, like sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes somebody's not tweeting about you, yeah, or sub-tweeting but it's my, about you. the way.
0: My anxiety works, but your brain just, automatically
1: goes like, "Oh, that's about me." I do the same thing. Yeah, I'm like, the "Oh, they're together. talking about me. They must be because everything's about me." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's
0: it's narcissism. Yeah, like, social media has definitely triggered narcissism. That I didn't even know existed in me. And other people too. I mean, I'm more confident, but I'm also more narcissistic. So I'm not afraid to admit, like, there's goods and bads, but definitely... I would say we need to be careful about like letting it take over our lives and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also like depending on the validation of a bunch of strangers. Yeah,
0: that's so bad as or well.
1: <laughs> the opposite, letting a bunch of strangers tell us how we should feel about ourselves and yeah. who we are as people. People have never met us.
0: Yeah. Never. And I try to like I try so hard when I see a negative comment, I really just Picture, like, an ugly loser in their basement in the dark, like, Mm -hmm. eating hot Cheetos, just, like, surfing the web, watching porn, and, like, commenting on girls' bodies. Like, I picture that because I don't really see how somebody who is, like, happy with their lives and secure with themselves can go around, like, doing stuff like that. Yeah, trolls are
1: generally people who have too much time on their hands and have, you know, a lot of, like – they're very unsatisfied with their own lives. That's the thing is like the way people treat you has is so much more telling about how people are as themselves than it has anything to do with you.
0: I've so had to like come to that conclusion and burn that into my brain because like otherwise you're going to be so unhappy with all the comments that I mean luckily I don't see many negative comments. I think I just have a lot of accounts like muted and blocked, Mm -hmm. but you know, like when I see negativity, I like to go, if it's on Twitter, I like to go on their page and look at all their tweets. Oh yeah. And it's it's usually, it's all negative and all just hating on girls. And I'm just like, what is your life like? Like yeah. genuinely, like when you turn off your phone or close your computer screen, like what do you do? Yeah. What is going on up there that is causing you to lash out at people who are just trying to live their life. And actually you reminded me of something when, um, when you said that you're an Alcoholics Anonymous, mm. um, that my mom, she's in Overeaters Anonymous. So mm-hmm. she, it's an eating disorder. And she sent me this quote one time because, during April when I was struggling I told her you know I don't know what to do I'm really struggling mentally and she sent me this quote um it says Truer words were never spoken. Lack of acceptance has been the cause of all our problems, according to the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book. All my relationships changed the day I started accepting people exactly as they are. Occasionally I forget and revert to my old ways, critical, judgmental, but when I remember to control my instinctive reactions and feel compassion and acceptance for the person, rather than ridicule and rejection, I feel better. And then the end of that quote is like, it was—it just spoke to me it was like just be compassionate because we are all trying to get by in an often unforgiving world and poorly equipped to do so yeah it's and that's just it's true. so true like i'm poorly equipped and it's an <laughs> unforgiving world and i feel like we're all just like floating here like trying to you know make the most of it but yeah there's no need for like unnecessary negativity
1: yeah It's so funny that you say that because there's a morning meeting that I actually, um, I'm secretary of and that I run on, on Saturday mornings. And one of our readings is called acceptance is the answer. Mm -hmm. And we read it every single Saturday. And even though I've heard it 10,000 times, um, every time I hear it, I'm like, it's true. Like acceptance is the answer to all our problems because like the root of suf- one of my, one of the guys in the meeting who's like one of my favorite people, he's actually my co secretary. He always says, the root of suffering is the desire for other people to be not as they are. Yeah. And it's true because like people are going to be who they're going to be. You can't change you people. Can't, the only thing you can do is change your reaction to other people. Yeah. It's the only thing in this life that you have control over. Yeah. Once you come to accept that, Life's a lot easier.
0: Yeah, and like another thing that I found out um, from uh, doing some soul searching mm. is that we can't control like what happens to us, but we are responsible for what we do right. after that. Like, yes, like my situation, I couldn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't my fault per mm-hmm. se but I am completely and 100% responsible for what direction I take my life in next So right. like if you get in a car accident and you're paralyzed of course it's not your fault but are you responsible for you know getting your life back on track and you know remaining here? yes
1: yeah I think that's yeah it's a great way to you know another way you can put that is it's it's not about living in the past but it's about um, you know, making changes for the future yeah because so many of us live in the past we live in our regrets and we wallow in them and that's never going to get you anywhere never
0: that's why i'm happy that um a lot of the stuff that i've gone through has been like um when i was 18 before i got into porn so i feel like once i got into porn that was kind of like a fresh clean slate for Mm -hmm. me and I was able to, you know, make my own reality and do exactly what I wanted to do. And I just feel so happy that I've been able to have like control over my own career. Like I never had um, a controlling agent or a controlling boyfriend or anyone trying to tell me in porn specifically, like, don't do this type of scene. Don't do that. I've just been totally like in my own head independent and I'm happy. Like, it feels amazing. Mm -hmm. This is like what being an adult, this is the good parts of being an adult. I think is like doing what you want and it paying off and just knowing that you got yourself there.
1: Yeah. It's so funny that you kind of, when I was thinking when you brought up the whole, like, you know, feeling lucky about having a job that you love and being independent and that kind of stuff. I was thinking, um, so on my way up here today, I was in the studio in this, in the studio, sorry, in the elevator in this building. And I got in the elevator with this, with this older man who was dressed in a suit and looked like he was coming back from lunch. And he just looked so downtrodden (laughs) and he was getting off on a floor below me. And when the doors opened, he just heaved this big sigh and then just, yeah, exactly. And just walked out back to work. And I just thought for a second, I go, you know what? Like as much as like, I love to complain about my job and believe me, there are mornings that I wake up and I'm like, I do not want to go fucking fucking shoot today. (laughs) Like I do not want to drive to set and work for 12 hours and deal with this and that. But, like, how lucky am I to have this yeah. job that I have and have the independence yeah. and to, the ability to be creative and the ability to work with super cool people like you. Thank you. And to
0: be passionate about the work you yeah. do. Yeah. And-
1: I mean, and I think everybody has a days where they wake up and they don't want to go to work. But yeah. I would just thought to myself, what if like I lost my job right now and I lost my career and I ended up doing some horrible nine to f- soul crushing yeah. nine to 5? Like I would look back on my life right now it's and paradise. I would be like, fuck, I had everything that i wanted yeah. and i wish i had appreciated it more. Yeah,
0: that's why i just try to keep things in perspective because like it could always be worse. Um just in life in general, but mm-hmm. definitely in porn. I feel like whatever situation you're in, you know, it can get better. You can have a good experience. Yeah. It can happen. Period. Yeah.
1: Yay. Well, Jane, thank you so much for coming Thank on. you. I
0: this was so great. I just feel like so happy to be here and I feel like a weight lifted off my shoulders and
1: I'm glad and, and I'm glad that you were comfortable talking about that because I think a, a lot of girls do have that kind of uh, yeah. same sex trafficking story. Yeah. And it's it's really great that you can come on and talk about how you started off in that situation, but then you corrected it yeah. and then you moved on to continue in the adult industry yeah. and reach a place where you feel happy and safe And independence, so people know that like you can have a good experience in this industry. Now, it may not be for you. This job is not for everybody. Everyone, but um, you know, if you if you approach it under the right circumstances with the right knowledge under your belt, um, you can have a good experience. And that's also too why, partially why I I like doing this podcast because I like having people like you on to arm other listeners with that kind of information and, and to learn more about what their options are.
0: Well, I'm happy to help. And I just want to say one thing to any like ladies that are in porn that are listening or are newer or think about getting into porn or any type of sex work. No man should control your money or your decisions. Period. Point blank. If they're trying to do that and insisting on it, it's a bad situation. I mean, of course, there's circumstances that I don't know, but I would say 99% of the time if there's a man that's older than you that is trying to take some of your money for work that you're doing with your body, it's not good. No, and you need to get away from that.
1: And with technology these days, and all these different platforms that girls have to make money independently, yeah, like OnlyFans. I wish like,
0: I wish I knew about those yeah, things and like, knew that I like didn't. Camming too, you yeah. Know, as long as camming is it, not so, bad, my free yeah. cams is not bad. It's just he was using he
1: he, he was using that platform he took to the fa- manipulate. He took you.
0: the fact that I knew nothing about it and used that as a way to just control the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just important. Please
1: do your research.
0: Please do your research. And the thing is
1: that there's so many it. girls out there like yourself who, you know, and me as well, who are happy to give new girls advice Absolutely. and be completely honest and upfront with you. I will be
0: so transparent with yeah. anyone. I'm not afraid to share the bad parts of porn because there are. Yes. There's bad parts of life. Yes. And to say that they're like, oh, it's just so annoying. Like I know we're out of time. It's just so annoying how like these anti porn crusaders they try to act like the fact that this industry has problems makes it entirely a problem. Yeah, and that's just so false and prejudice.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, look at like the Harvey Weinstein story. Has That's everyone Hollywood. Has everyone turned their back on Hollywood now no. and they won't watch Hollywood movies anymore? No, because that was one person in an entire industry. Yeah. And it's the same for us.
0: People need to learn how to separate, I think, the good from the bad. And there's yes. definitely a lot of good out there. I am a witness to it. And, you know, this industry is great. That's what I
1: think. Yay. <laughs> All right. We're actually going to ask Jane a couple of extra questions in a exclusive Q&A for my Patreon. Ooh. So if you guys want to catch that bonus content as well as like so much other bonus content that I'm putting up there, um, go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like my podcast, please make sure to give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps me a lot. If you're not listening to me on the iTunes platform, then you can support me in so many other ways. Um, first of all, obviously I would love it if you would join my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered, where not only will all of the donations that I get go towards making this podcast better, but also I offer really, really cool perks in exchange for your support. Um, Don't forget that I have a new podcast called My L.A. Porn Job that I am doing with my assistant Eva, and it is fucking hilarious. And it is available only on my Patreon for only $5 a month. So that's pretty, pretty cheap. And I promise we will make you laugh and we'll give you even more insight into this fascinating business that I work in. You can also join my Facebook group, go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly unfiltered to get access to other exclusive news about the podcast, as well as just join our community. Don't forget too, that I videotape all of my podcast interviews and you can access all of those at my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Holly unfiltered. You can also email us. Holly Randall Unfiltered at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail to maybe ask a question for one of my upcoming guests, or just leave a comment or tell us a crazy story or anything that you want to say, you can call us at 424 216 6967. So please. Send us an email, leave us a Facebook message, leave us a Patreon message, um, leave us a voicemail, and we will maybe get back to you on the show, um, especially the new podcast that I'm doing with Eva. My LA Porn Job will definitely be uh, responding to some of your messages. And overall, we just want to hear back from you guys, want to know how we're doing, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, who you want to listen to. All of that feedback is super valuable to help me make this show the best that it can be. One last piece of news. I plan on going to the 2020 AVN convention in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bring you this podcast live from the show floor. So that's another reason why I need your financial support, because that's going to be a very expensive trip for me. And, um, I'm definitely not making the kind of income from the show yet to cover it, which is fine, but I hope to eventually get there one day. And with your help, I hopefully will. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. I appreciate you so much. And, um, I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that this show has done as well as it has. And I'm just super grateful for all of you.